introduce um, pa uh, missionary Fabio and Anna. So if, if you can stand up. So Fabio and Anna, if you can just give them a warm round of applause. With their children, we have Laura and we have Anna Luisa. They came all the way out here from Silmar. Oh, you can sit. Um, <laughs> just to give a quick... Uh, background about Fabio is I met Fabio through Chris Juan, Pastor Chris Juan, and he is currently the base leader at YWAM LA. YWAM LA is actually the first base uh, that has been formed by Lauren Cunningham as a part of the YWAM, uh, or I guess like organization, and I, I didn't know we had a ride in our backyard. It's literally, uh, we went to the location, Young and I, and I've met Fabio, and I've seen all the great work he has been doing with his wife, and um, and so I'm really excited to have him here today and to share the word. Uh, he will be going off of Acts 5, the, after uh, the, the book of Acts that uh, uh, Chris Wan had come last week to preach on. That's on the weird. Okay, so I'll go with the scripture reading. Bear with me. It's a little long. Um, it's Acts 5, verses 12 through 42. The apostles performed many signs and wonders among the people, and all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. No one else there joined them, even though they were highly regarded by the people. Nevertheless, more and more men and women believed in the Lord and were added to their number. As a result, people brought the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and mats, so that at least Peter's shadow might fall on some of them as he passed by. Crowds gathered also from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing their sick and those tormented by impure spirits, and all of them were healed. Then the high priest and all his associates, who were members of the party of the Sadducees, were filled with jealousy. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts, as they had been told, and began to teach the people. When the high priest and his associates arrived, they called together the Sanhedrin, the full assembly of the elders of Israel, and sent to the jail for the apostles. But on arriving at the jail, the officers did not find them there. So they went back and reported, We found the jail securely locked, with the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. On hearing this report, the captain of the temple guard and the chief priests were at loss, wondering what this might lead to. Then someone came and said, look, the men you put in jail are standing in the temple courts teaching the people. At that, the captain went in with his officers and brought the apostles. They did not use force because they feared that the people would stone them. The apostles were brought in and made to appear before the Sanhedrin to be questioned by the high priest. We gave you strict orders not to, pre not to teach in this name, he said. Yet you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching and are determined to make us guilty of this man's blood. Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than human beings. The God of our ancestors raised Jesus from the dead, whom you killed by hanging him on the cross. God exalted him to his own right hand as prince and savior that he might bring Israel to repentance and forgive their sins. We are witnesses of these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and wanted to put them to death. But a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law, who was honored by all the people, stood up in the Sanhedrin and ordered that the men be put outside for, for a little while. Then he addressed the Sanhedrin. Men of Israel, consider carefully what you intend to do to these men. 
some time ago, Dudas appeared, claiming to be somebody, and about 400 men, uh, men rallied to him. He was killed, all his followers were dispersed, and it came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean appeared in the days of the census and led a band of people in revolt. He too was killed, and his followers were scattered. Therefore, in the present case, I advise you, leave these men alone. Let them go, for if their purpose or activity is of human origin, it will fail. But if it is from God, you will be, not be able to stop these men. You will only find yourself fighting against God. His speech persuaded them. They called the apostles in and had them flogged. Then they ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. The apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Everybody. Oh, good afternoon. Uh, can we try bom dia? Yes, it's good morning in Portuguese. Um, I'm from Brazil. My name is Fabio. I'm so happy to be here. Today is a very special day for us um, to be with uh, God's family. We are so glad to look around and learn from the Word of God. Um, I love to be a YWAMer. Uh, we have been as family in the U.S. since uh, 2018. Uh, we are four years in, in L.A. And uh, we have been in YWAMer for the last 22 years. It's half of my life. And I just love to be a YWAMer. <laughs> I love the Word of God and I love missions. And um, yeah, today's a special day, for, a special day for us as Brazilian because we are going through elections for president, so it's a very sensitive day for us as Brazilians, uh, as everywhere politics is going crazy, and we, uh, yeah, it's a challenge for us. Uh, just a little uh, side note, it's about the Right Now Media. Um, we have, uh, uh, we, we attend in one of the churches that we go, it says, uh, we, we have been in small groups using Right Now Media. It is amazing. Yeah, I really encourage you guys to go for it. You can use personally on small groups. It's great. It's very good content, very good quality on the filmings and all this. We used uh, for uh, men's group, um, it's called Stepping Up. So you can take a look on it. Stepping Up, Manhood, it's specific for men's. It's very good. I, I don't know about the womanhood, because <laughs> I didn't watch the woman's part. But for the men's, I really encourage you to watch that and, and go for it. It's great content and hundreds of media available. It's really good. Uh, I have an honest question to ask. I tried to do some search, but I could not find what means tokanza. Is that correct? Tokanza. What that means, do you guys know? I'm curious. Thanks again. Ah, that's good. Thank you. Tokamsa, thanks again. <laughs> I was very curious to, to know, and I really love like home church because um, uh, we really like something that we always say in our campus is um, a meeting without food could be an email. So it's, 
good to have lunch together after service and just uh, enjoy the, the table together. That's what Jesus did. He did before the cross the, this, to teach about the cross. The disciples didn't understand. And he did again after cross to explain the cross on the table. So really, food is really important. But coming back to our scripture in Acts, um, we can break down this uh, big scripture, big text in small scenes, and then taking the, the advantage of being in Hollywood or being close to Hollywood. Um, the Bible is much better than any media. <laughs> it's much better than any history because of uh, historical facts. And we have these passages, some facts that happen with the disciples uh, we start in the first verses with the first scene uh, from 1 to 11. It's um, the Ananias and Sapphira. Is that correct? I'm getting used to the terms in English still. <laughs> uh, and we have this situation and uh, they all both uh, died. And it, bring, it brought great fear, um, to, uh, great fear of the Lord to the church. So we have a, a, a broken church, like uh, in the good sense, fearing the Lord and with uh, like good expectation what God was doing through the society at that time. And then we start in verse 12, as we read. Um, we have what we can call uh, the dream church, which is, uh, I, I listed some things in the, um, about this verse 12 to 16. We can call like this scene 2. I got it. Yeah. The dream church. You guys have the same? Yes. Um, some lists of things we can find from verse um, 12 to 16. And the dream church. Uh, no one in need. That's awesome. Uh, signs and wonders and miracles among the people. Uh, deep unity in the church. We can find regular meetings and regular attendance in the, in the church. Uh, the, the apostles have highly regarded by the people. They have good reputation among the people. Um, it was continuous growth in numbers. We all like that. We, we love to be in people. Well, as Brazilians, we are a cute culture of celebration and we love to be together. If you see some videos, how it's like soccer games in Brazil, it's, we, we like go party like in the best sense as possible. And as church as well, um, there is this event called the Send. And when it happened in Brazil, in two hours, they filled a 60,000 stadium with 60,000 people. And they have to rent the second one. And they, again, they filled the second stadium. And in three or two days, they have to rent the, the third stadium because we love to be together. It's like ants. Lots of people, we love it. <laughs> um, so the church was growing a lot. Uh, we have some changes in the society as well because the, the Bible mentioned the women were counted. On that time, the women were not counted on the big crowns, and they were mentioning the women. That's uh, good uh, steps forward. They were helping the sick people to come to uh, to the meetings to meet the apostles. That's another good thing because the church was operating. In the society, they were going to the sick ones and bring them to to the to the gatherings. Um, we also could can see their physical and spiritual healings, uh, and reputation reach uh, the reputation of all these facts, all these good things happening. It was reaching out the villages. It's like uh, 
we have here in Los Angeles, for example, um, everything that was happening in the city or let's say downtown was reaching Malibu, Silmar, um, Orange County, Long Beach was reaching the villages around us. So the, the reputation of the dream church was spreading over the villages. And then with that, uh, we have uh, the, the scene, scene three, the th third scene goes from verse 17 to 24, uh, was the jealousy of the high priests and also God's action with that. And it's interesting because we have the, um, the priest jealousy and putting the apostles in the prison, trying to stop this dream church, trying to stop this movement, trying to stop what's happening because they were concerning more about jealousy and their own reputation than everything else. And then we see um, the apostles going to the prison. And um, what happened there in the same night? It's important to remember the timing of things. The, the captain, the police there, they went to catch the apostles, put them in the prison, like at the end of the day. And in the same night, the angel appeared and come and opened the jail for them. And what happened in the next morning, they didn't wait to, oh, let's wait a week to calm down everything. Let's see what happens. Let's wait the disciples uh, burn everything on fire as protests or anything like that. No, they just went to the prison. The angel opened the door. They went out and they w went back to preach again, to keep doing what God told them to do, what Jesus told them to do. Um, and the, the word of the angels... The, the word of the angel was, the message was very interesting because he said, go and preach words of life. It was the same words that Jesus said. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all earth, every nation, every group of people, every ethnic, every group of people. And the angel said, go and keep doing what we were doing. Keep preaching. Keep sharing words of life. The angel did, didn't say, tell them, go home, wait a little bit, and when everything is calmed down, you can go and preach again. Or go and buy a property, and then you can find and build something, and then you start preaching. Or go and move to the next nation. He just said simple like that. Go and preach. We don't need to paint too much. Um, so we have the, the apostles back in the next morning. Um, it didn't have time even to organize a protest. <laughs> if the, the disciples of Jesus, yeah, let's burn the city because they, uh, they took our apostles in the jail. No, they didn't even have an even time to organize everything. It was so fast and God's hand was operating so fast. And then uh, the captain went back to the prison and they found this, the jail in the same security. The guards were, were in the door. The doors were locked. Everything was locked the same way. And then when they opened the doors, probably was like a covered door, not uh, fences. Probably could not see inside. And when they opened, it was completely empty. And they got perplexed with that. So, and then we, it gave us, it brings us to the fourth scene, the scene four, which is perplexity and confront. So we have the guards perplexed or scared or in shock 
Because they know what they did. They knew they put the, that man in the prison. They, they made it with their own hands. They knew it. And then they opened the jail and there's nobody there. It was like incredible. They, they were perplexed with that. But the ones who sent the guards to do it, they were not perplexed, perplexed or shocked with that fact. They were shocked that the disciples, the apostles, went back to preach. They didn't even mention, the high priest didn't even mention the prison or the freedom they have. They mentioned, I told you to not keep preaching. Why did you get back to preaching? They even didn't ask, hey, how did you get out? What did you do? What kind of trick? Or who did you pay to release you? They didn't ask any question. They just asked, why are you doing what I told you to not to do? To not preach in the name of Jesus. They were concerning about their own reputation. And then we have Peter, and I love Peter, the Apostle Peter, because he, he doesn't value his life more than his mission. He doesn't value himself more than um, the, the reputation or anything like that. He just raised up and confronted the, um, the high priests. And then we have uh, one of my favorite verses in the Bible. It's verse 29, uh, five, chapter 5, verse 29, when it says, Peter and the other apostles replied, We must obey God rather than men. And this teaches a lot to us. We must obey God rather than men. So it's good for us to think on the context. Why and how and when Peter said that and to who. He was making a confrontation after being released miraculously from the prison, from the jail, facing the highest priests. And they were, they were in a very difficult situation. It was not easy what they were facing. And then we, Peter raised up and said that, I must obey God rather than men. Like facing the, their enemies, facing the ones who want to kill them. And then um, what Peter did, he pointed the situation to God. He pointed the situation to the Lord. He didn't uh, point himself saying, oh, I'm a, I'm a living miracle because I just did a, a, a trick and I'm out of prison. You can, I can do it again. If you put me in the jail again, I will do it again. He, didn't, he was not promoting himself, but he was giving glory to the one who deserved all the glory. He was giving glory to God with all this situation. Uh, and he was pointed to God uh, with the crucifixion. The, he was explaining why God did what he did, uh, uh, raising up Jesus back from death, saying it was for repentance and forgiveness. So Peter was probably pre preaching the same message to the people, and he was, as he was praying for the high priests, they, they knew all this. They knew all the message. They knew all the words. And then, uh, and all the prophecies about the Messiah. So Peter, in the, facing all the situation he was facing, he was mentioning who was doing that and why he was doing that. God was doing that. God was doing the miracles. And why he was doing that. Why God, he did 
the, the resurrection of Jesus is to repenting, repenting and forgiveness. And then we have another situation. Yeah, I think it's that. We have this Gamaliel's proposition. It's a little controversial. Some people see with different aspects. Some people just see that he knew uh, the situation and he could do something. But this man, Gamaliel, he was Saul's teacher before Paul. He was teaching the one who persecuted the church. And actually, he kind of saved the apostles' life, saying, let them go. And if this um, movement keep going, it's God. If not, and he was kind of washing his hands and say, let them go. Um, but then we get into the final, and that's why it's important for us to look in the whole picture to understand the the media that we have on it, the film, the, the, um, like the history, the story we have with these verses. Because the, at the end, in the verses 40 to 42, it's the apostles, they were flogged. They were being spanked. It's the, the grand finale. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we have the apostles flogged. They were being like beating very hard, probably bleeding. But what they did, they, they have some Brazilian taste. They celebrate. <laughs> they celebrated. And remember what Jesus said, rejoice when persecuted. Rejoice. What rejoice means for you? How do you personally and in your own heart can rejoice in your, in your life, in the persecutions or in the problems that we face? What means rejoice for us? For the apostles, rejoicing, it means keep obeying God. Keep doing what God called them to do. And they, they, it says in the verse um, 42, let me just find here. Verse 42, it says, Day after day, in the temple courts, and from house to house, from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that is Jesus Christ. After all this situation, what the apostles did, they keep proclaiming, not just in the courts, not just in the squares, not just in public, but knock door to door, house to house, one place after another. Keep proclaiming the good news. And this is, there is something um, important things that we can learn from this. So what we can learn from these uh, facts and from these moments? Good. First, it is this uncontrollable or unstoppable. There is a song that says, unstoppable loves. Uh, don't ask me to sing, please. <laughs> yeah. um, this unstoppable willing to obey. This unstoppable love of Jesus to keep going. Uh, and to keep preaching. In Acts chapter 4, verse 20, a little before what we read, it says, it's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we have seen and heard. They just affirm that as with their entire life, everything they have, even if they have to go to the prison. They have this uncontrollable obedience, 
unstoppable obedience to, to the calling. And they affirm it. It's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things we have seen and heard. This is verse 20 of chapter 4. Uh, as we know, it's a very known verse. It says, you will be my messengers to Jerusalem, through Judea, the distant provinces, and to the remotest place in the earth. And um, in Acts verse, chapter 4, verse 29, 29, they were praying and asking God, please empower us as your servants to speak the word of God freely and courageously. So their unstoppable obedience, no one could hold them, obeying what God told them to do. The second thing is, uh, the redemptive mission belongs to God. We need to always remember that. As we do missions, as we are missionaries, as we proclaim the gospel, as we proclaim the good news, whose mission is that? It's not our personal mission. I'm not, I, I'm in Wyman, but I, I, my specific gardening that I work with it's sports. I love sports. I'm an athlete. I love and PE teacher. I love sports a lot. This is the it's sports and being a missionary among athletes and sports people. It's not my mission. It's part of what God called me to do. But there is a bigger mission, which is God's mission. It's a redemptive mission. God is redeeming the humanity, redeeming every human being to be with Him. So that's his mission, and we are collaborators of God's mission. We are here to serve him, but it's his mission, and we participate on his mission. And he will do it. He will do everything that is needed to keep his mission moving. If the, the high priest tried to put the apostles in the prison, he will open the prison. If anything that tries to hold God's mission, he will act because it's his mission. He, is do, he will do his way to give glory to himself. He's not promoting any human being. He's not promoting any name. He is redeeming the, the human beings. And the third is that we can learn from this, from the, these facts, is the apostles' bravery. That's really impressive. The bravery they have of never back off and literally advancing in preaching words of life. They just came out of the prison. They just has been, had been uh, flogged or spanked really bad. And they still, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Because it, it, import, it, it mattered the most or it's most important, obey God than man. So their bravery, their courage, their boldness to just go um, I remember when I see like homeless evangelism or homeless ministry, when I, when I came to Jesus, one of, the f one of the first things that I learned how to do was going to the streets and sharing food during the winter especially. In my city, it gets very humid and cold, and we bring food to homeless people. But um, I, was, uh, I was watching some people going to, to reach out the homeless, and they just come from far away, very scared, and they leave the food down there, and they give space for them to come. It's like feeding a lion or an animal. You just leave there and step back, and 
It was like 1995, like no one has no idea about COVID or quarantine or social distancing. But I was like, I looked to that man and woman, mostly men, and I, I looked at him and say, did someone talk to him today? And late at night, like 2, 2 a.m., 2 in the morning, and me and my friend, we looked to each other and said, ah, let's go eat with them. And we sit under their tents and we eat with them. And they were like, why are you doing that? I said, I don't know. I just want to be with you. So I, I have no idea what I was doing. I just want to love that people. I just want to sit with them. I knew there was some risk. I don't know if they were like uh, stab, stab, like a knife or something like that. I, I didn't know, but these people, they need to be loved. And I, I told my friend, hey, let's do it. Let's love these people. And then we stop in the, after we finish, we stop in the front of our church. And one of the nights uh, was like very like early or late, like three in the morning, we finished and we were waiting for the other cars to meet in front of our church. And there was a police car just passing and, they, uh, and we knew that we, they would come to check us. And uh, police in Brazil, you, you have to obey if they tell you, get out of your car you better do it. <laughs> if you have nothing wrong, you just open your hands. And so they, they came and checked us, and they thought we were, we were like five guys with hats and black clothes and jackets inside one car. Late at night in a dark street, it was, everything was like, like a crime scene. And then they came to us, and they checked our car and fight big pots of soup. <laughs> That's all our crimes. And so, but we felt this... Uh, this heart of bravery let's let's go let's just do it no matter what and then it just grew and grew in this feeling of i want to be brave for god's kingdom i want to go and make his mission advance and uh, i get, got involved with a uh, uh, fisherman village and we went there with all the crazy uh, oppositions and all this but and then i went to Wyoming, did my dts and never get back home yet so um, so we have this heart of bravery to just go and just understand that what is the most important thing is to obey the Lord. Uh, and some, some things for us to, to learn individually, to like bring it to our personal aspects. How these lessons relate to us today. Okay, great. The Bible have all these scenes. The Bible have all this history, all these facts. But... How can we bring for daily life today? How it will affect when you stand from these chairs and go out and go to your house and go to work tomorrow and through your week, how that facts or these nar narratives in the Bible relates to us in our daily life. First, we need to understand that before the apostles went with all these um, great things, we have the great commission that Jesus told us to do. So the great commission is still valid to us, all of us. Jesus didn't say to the apostles, go, you group of 12, you special elite troop, go. No, he was saying to all of us. I will not go to education aspect, for example. My wife, she's a teacher. She works with education greatly. If we mention the word school for her, 
she just get developed ideas and she, or immediately she can think about a school and what to do with kids. I'm not that same level. Uh, if you talk to me on sports, I can think about other things. Maybe other people like media, construction, architecture, uh, doctors. I don't know, everything and every person is, every person is called for the same great commission. Jesus told us, go and preach the words of life. That's for all of us. So when you go to work tomorrow, understand that you are going to fill a commission. You were commissioned to go and do it and share words of life. Also, uh, one thing is very important. It's no way to do it. It's uh, unity. Unity is the foundation for the growth of the church. Unity is the foundation for the Great Commission to be fulfilled. There is no other way. We cannot be competing. You guys live here in LA probably more time than, than us. You know how competitive the city is. You know it. You feel every day. And you know when the, when the vision is too small, there is space for competition. But when we follow God's vision, when we follow God's mission, there is no space for competition. Because our challenge here, and we have a, a Jerusalem right here, our challenge is how many? 13, 30, 13 million people to reach, to share the gospel, to share message. There is, a, is there a chance for this to happen with one church? Two, three? Thousands of church. The only way we can reach 13, 13 million people in the city of LA, it's working together. It's in unity. So for us as Christians, we willing or not, we agreeing or not, we have something coming soon to the city of Los Angeles, which is in 2028, the road, the whole road will come to the city. What we will do with that? We're going to be scared lock ourselves in our little caves as church, or we go out door to door in the courts, everywhere as the disciples, and we go preach the gospel as the whole world will come to this city with the Olympics in 2028. There is no way for us as Christians, as Church of Christ, to be relevant in this city without unity. There is no chance, zero. If we are a broken kingdom, so unity is very important, and it's, uh, it's not random, it's not an accident, it is intentional. And unity starts with me. I start unity. I take the first step. If I have some problem with someone, I take the first step and I go fix it. If I, ha if I am distant from uh, some denomination, I take the first step and I go to fix it. I need to work intentionally with unity. I need to take these action steps. And uh, the third thing that is related to us, we need to be fully and completely dependent on God. We need to know that it's not us. It's not our great strategies. It's not our great vision. It's not our great plans. It's not our great media, our great material. It's not about us. It's Him. It's God doing his mission and he will do it because it's his 
He wants to redeem every person in this world. There is no other way for us to try take God's place. We cannot do that. We have to trust Him. When we think about our daily life, every day, tomorrow, when you go to work, you need to trust that He is providing you clients or work or anything. You do excellent. We do it with excellence. We do it with your best. But understand that it's not us. It's not about our techniques. It's not about our abilities. It's him working towards his people to reach his people. That's what God is doing. He's blessing his people. He's giving us techniques, uh, professionalism, um, material, everything for a bigger purpose, purpose, which is reaching his people. God bless his people to reach all people. And for us, willing or not, if we are here in LA, the world will come. And what we will do, how we will be relevant, how we will serve the nations here in LA. Uh, one thing, for example, just a quick example, uh, how we did when we have Olympics in Brazil. If we think about an Olympic athlete, you, we think about like high level, very, uh, make very good money, but for some athletes, for some nations, they have to pay everything on their own. They have to fundraise for their tickets. They have to find a hotel to stay. They have to find for themselves. They are not sponsored by their nations or anything like that. When we think about bigger nations, Olympic athletes and all these, it's very professional, but for some athletes, they have nothing. They have some because they fundraise and they do sponsorship and all this. But in Brazil, we, we got together Christian families to host Olympic athletes that have no condition or the, their own nation were not supporting them with uh, housing or f food or anything like that. So we have few Olympic athletes being uh, hosted by Christian families. And it, they, we, they didn't check their religion if they believe in Jesus or not. They just say, I can host you. I can open the door of my house for you. I can provide you housing and food and you can go compete. And I can even drive you to the competitions. Great strategy. Great evangelism. Great. There's so many. There was another one, a backpack with a Wi-Fi in the backpack. So for you to log in in the Wi-Fi, there was like a machine sending Wi-Fi signal. Does that make sense in the backpack? And then they were sending Wi-Fi signal to inside the stadium. They were outside, but they were spreading the, the signal around the stadiums. So for you to connect in that Wi-Fi, you have to watch a 30-second video that says the message of life, Jesus' message. So thousands of people received the message of Jesus through a quick video, and they could find more and get more and more information, and you just go like tracking people and all these. There is a lot, but why we will do that? Because we want to be famous? Because we want to be famous Christians? Because we want a revival again in the city of LA? Or we are uh, serving the one who owns the mission? Or we are redeeming the ones that, got, that paid all the price for them. It's God's mission. And it's related to all of us. All of us have 
part of the Great Commission. We need to embrace that. We need to understand that every day, wherever you go, we are going to fulfill his mission. And the reason we do that, because he loved us first. He reached us, our, us first. He did first for us. It's an ac action of gratitude. We just want to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to do the same for others. I think we can close our eyes quickly and just think about it. I want to challenge you to think about your own life. Have we doing as the apostles? Have we following their bravery? Or are we too much in our comfort zone? Lord, we want to boldly pray this prayer and ask you, Lord, boldly, please take us out of our comfort zone. You have to do this prayer yourself. If you want to be used by the Lord, we need to be out of ourselves. We need to die for ourselves, pick up our cross, and follow him. Lord, we want to pray it boldly and just say, please, use us as your servants. Use all of us as missionaries, as the ones who bring a message. We want to bring the message of salvation. Lord, we pray this bold prayer. Use us. Bring us out of our comfort zone. And we want to reach the city of LA. We want to reach door by door. We want to go knock door by door. We want to go one by one, person by person, and spread your love much more than a virus. We want to be love spreaders. Jesus, we take this great commission for ourselves. Wherever you, you bring us, wherever you lead us to, we want to be your messengers. We again give our lives, our own lives, before you, Lord. We give our lives to you again to be used by you, Lord. Every blessing, every resource, we just want to put at your hands and say, it's yours. You can use however you want, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.